everybody, and welcome back to the Views from the 573 Podcast. Thank you guys for listening wherever and however you're listening, whether it's through maybe the podcasting platforms or on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, or yeah, or where else you can find the podcast at. Thank you guys for listening, for tuning in. Check out this channel and the entertainment channel. We just had a big entertainment episode where we drafted our own superhero teams and there's been a lot of talk going back and forth between me and the guys on that on twitter and uh, a couple of my friends after posting those on facebook and twitter so go check out that pod once you get done listening to that one i think it's two hours straight so you'll have fun with that as we get the draft our superhero teams i've already had somebody question my first pick so it's not a good look right now for Team Ryan. Team Peter and Team Matt are looking pretty good right now. So I, ho- I hope you guys will go check that out once you get done on the entertainment channel. But on the Views channel today, we got lots of stuff to get through. The past week in the NFL, what's going on there? Lots of injuries. I told my, uh, speaking to my sister, speaking to my dad, I'm surprised neither neither me nor them got hurt at at the rate the injuries, at the rate people were going down on Sunday and Monday, I'm surprised nobody else got hurt. And I'm surprised nobody in the family got hurt. So, big week in the NFL. A lot of key players went down with injuries, some season-long injuries. But we'll talk about that. College football, NBA. I hit a couple stuff off the top here. We'll start with this. Deion Sanders being named the head coach at Jackson State when the most well-known and biggest HBCUs, historically black colleges in the country. And he came in with a bang. I'll tell you that. And, you know, as only Dion can, you don't have the nickname primetime for a reason, unless you can do, unless you have that, unless you can come in there with a bang and get ready. I've seen he's already offered a five-star recruit that, He's trying. I know it's going to be tough to get people in there. It's an FCS school, but he's already in there trying to offer five star guys. And there's a lot of stuff about you know who all he was bringing in there. And I got a little bit excited. I think everybody did. He was bringing like To, Warren Sapp, uh, a couple other people, and it was like holy crap. He's building an all star staff, and I've seen him debunk that. Warren Sapp has debunked that. I would love for it to be true, but. You know, Dion's got to do what Dion does and build his own staff there. So, congratulations to Dion for getting a job there. I know he's going to make a huge impact there. People want to play for a guy that was a superstar in the NFL, a superstar in college throughout his playing throughout his playing days. So, I'm sure he's going to bring in some guys that are going to, that are really going to want to play for him. I don't know if it's going to be five-star guys like he's aiming for, but if he does, hey, good for him. That's what having a Deion Sanders does for your program. He's a name brand, prime time, all that good stuff. But congratulations to him for getting the job. A couple other stuff here. The NHL, the Stanley Cup is going on. No, we haven't talked about two, a whole lot of hockey, but the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Dallas Stars Game three is tonight, with the series being tied at one piece. I don't really have any predictions, as I haven't really kept up with the NHL. You guys know me and how I deal with hockey. 
if it was on, I'd watch it, but I'm full into the NBA, what's going on with that, with the NFL, college football's getting right back around the corner uh, with SEC starting back this week, so... Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll see if uh if there is a Stanley Cup game, I might check it out if it's on. If there's nothing else on, I'll go check it out for sure. And the MLB, the MLB season, yeah, that's coming up to a close here next week. And there's been some spots clinched last night as the Indians, the Cubs, Braves, Cleveland Indians, you know, I don't. I don't know if you want a Washington football team them anymore. I don't know, so I'll. I'll just go with Cleveland there. So Cleveland, the Cubs, the Atlanta Braves, they clinched spots last night. The NHL still has four more spots to go, while there's only two remaining in the AL. Remember, we're getting extended playoffs this year, so the MLB postseason is coming upon us. Excited for that. Excited for playoff baseball. It's nice to know that we'll still have playoff baseball in October, given what's gone on in this country over the, with the pandemic. So it's great that we'll at least have that stay intact. There's been a there's been a lot of talk about you know them having a bubbles, and it's not really even a bubble at all. Like it's just like a neutral site. Gonna ha- and they're gonna have a set of postseason games played in S- Southern California, and Texas. They're talking about having fans in Texas, which, you know, the Cowboys had fans for their home opener this past week, and they had over 21,000 fans in attendance. And that was that was a record during this pandemic of fans attending a game. And they're talking about letting fans in to see the NLCS, over, which is being played in uh, at Minute Maid Field where the Astros play and Globe Life Field where the Rangers play. I believe it's their new stadium. And the World Stadium will be played at Globe Life Field as well. And so they're talking about letting fans in. So they're still so we'll see how that goes. They're still waiting for approval from the Texas government to see if they if that can happen. And you know they're right. They're, these aren't bubbles what they're describing and if you're going to allow fans in the stadium, especially for the NLCS and World Series, they're, they're, they are certainly not bubbles. As you're seeing what the NBA and NHL are doing, there's no fans there to speak of. So it's not technically a bubble. There's some aspects of it that probably will be that they're going to have guidelines in place that are going to probably mirror a little bit what the NHL and NBA have done with their bubbles. But on the whole, it's not technically a bubble, but... Then will be postseason. That's coming up, I believe. It all starts off next uh, Monday. I believe that is September 29th, if that's Monday. So, yeah, MLB postseason is getting here upon us. So, excited for that. All right. Let's talk about some NBA from last night with game number three between the Lakers and the Nuggets with the Nuggets capturing that one pushing the series to two to one and with game number four on Thursday night on tomorrow night. Excited for that one. Last night, it was really a game of runs and the Nuggets. They had the last run. So whoever had the last run was going to win the game and the Nuggets. They had the last run 
winning the game. I have to go and pull the score up. But Jamal Murray last night, I was talking to Charles about this. Like his stock has really improved for me and probably for a lot of other players or a lot of other people throughout this whole bubble experience and throughout this whole, this whole playoff run that the Nuggets have been on. 28, 12 assists, 8 rebounds. He made a cold blood shot on Crusoe last night. He made a cold blood pass to Millsap late in the game last night. And the Lakers were, were really close. It was 103 to 99, and it was about the 222 15 mark, something like that, when Murray hit that big three over Crusoe. And that's what tipped the scales and the balance for the Nuggets right there. I mean, LeBron had a 30 point triple double, and a lot of that, a lot of that run in the Lakers. And that Lakers run late in the game was really due to defense. The the Nuggets not being able to get anything going on offense and keep on turning over the ball. Rondo, he was making plays on the defensive end. It was just it, the Nuggets couldn't get anything going, and then the Lake and the Lakers made a twenty four to like four run, and that span where the Nuggets were up twenty, and Lakers came all the way back and it was really close, but the Nuggets. They hold them off in game number three, 114 to 106. Jokic had another awesome game. So we'll see what happens with game number four. I was joking with Charles last night. Lakers are going to win Thursday night, and that's right where the Nuggets want them. <laughs> They'll be down 3-1, playing right into the palm of their hands right there. And we were talking, like, if, the, if they beat the Lakers, if the Lakers go up 3-1, they find a way to come back 3-1 and beat the Lakers. If you guys saw the slander on the night the Clippers got knocked out, oh boy, the slander would, would be insane if that happened to the Lakers. It would be, listen, we need W's here in 2020. I know it wouldn't be a W for Lakers and LeBron fans, but for the rest of the NBA, for the rest of the NBA fandom, for everybody else, else out there, it would be an awesome and fun night on social media just to see the Lakers and LeBron slander. It would be absolutely incredible. If you thought, again, if you thought the Clippers night was bad, wait wait till you'd see something like that. That would be nuts. But the Nuggets, they cut the series down to 2-1. to one. Game 4, tomorrow night. So we'll see if the Nuggets can even the series up or, well, shoot. Either way, the Nuggets will still probably win. You know, 3-1 again. Playing right to the palm of their hands. With game number four tonight at 7.30 with Boston and Miami. Boston coming and taking game three. They really need to take game three. Miami was off their rhythm in game number three. And that really helped the Celtics there as they get back in the series 2-1. Two, two, and this is a big one for both these teams. So the Celtics, they can tie this at two apiece. Miami, you take a commanding 3-1 to one lead. And Miami's not giving up the series if it's 3-1. to one. I'm sorry. The, the, they ain't. They ain't. These other teams are giving up three to one leads in the playoffs. You know, they're a tough team. We've talked about this before. They're a tough team. They know what they are. They know what they do. They know what they're about. Spolster's one of the best coaches in the league, without a doubt. So he's going to have them ready to go. He's going to have them ready to go for tonight and four. And if they go up 3 1, he's going to make sure I have them ready. The crazy thing about this whole Miami run, really, is I've noticed like Jimmy Butler hasn't had really big fourth quarters. And that's really surprising because Jimmy Butler is obviously the alpha male, the superstar of this Miami team. 
that we're not seeing him score big fourth quarters, but yet Miami is still winning some of these games. And that's really a testament to the system and the players they got down there in Miami. When you got guys like Bam, Tyler Harrow, Duncan Robinson, Goran Dragic, who people are finally going to see Dragic really play, really. So that's awesome. That's one of the great things about this whole bubble experience is that you're getting to see guys that you wouldn't normally see in Dragic and Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, and you're getting to see them play. And like, wow, these guys are good. These guys are balling. And so you're going to – so seeing Dragic perform on the big stage like this is great, but you have all those guys down there. They know what they're about. They know what they can do. They're, they're tough. They're gritty. They're resilient, and they know how to make plays and – critical situations and they play tough defense too so i'll take miami tonight but if boston wins i'm looking at the line the boss the boston line is uh three points they have a three-point favorite so it's gonna be another fun game this series is gonna be fun i said after you know like the first game or two like you know there's no way this series doesn't go six or seven you know, if miami wins tonight celtics might get game five push it to 3-2, and then Miami might have to close out game in game six. But I still think we're far ways along from this series being over for sure. I think we'll have some more good games coming from this series. All right. Let's talk some more NBA with Billy Donovan being announced as the Chicago Bulls head coach. These were This is one of the openings up for grabs in the NBA, and he was one of the best coaches out there on the market. And I I like the move. The The move is the Bulls, they have a nice young roster. There's some nice young pieces there marketing. You got a guy like Levine, who's a guy like an all-star on, or on, on the, you know, on the fringe, you know, or whatever you want to call it. He, he's out there. You, you drafted Kobe White last year. You got top five pick this year. You know, it, and with Oklahoma City, you don't know if they're going to go right into that rebuild this year uh, after having a year in which they they took everybody by surprise and made the playoffs. So you really don't know what to expect coming from Oklahoma City next year. And with the Bulls, it's a whole lot easier to win in the East than it is in the West. That much has been known forever, <laughs> it seems like. So, Billy... Is in a good spot there with one of the, even though they haven't been uh, a title contender for uh, for a while or been in contention to win the NBA title, really for years, that is still one of the big jobs in the NBA because of the history behind it with MJ and those Bull teams back in the '90s. But you know, I like the move for Chicago. I'd like the move for Billy. There's still some good coaches out there. Also, we'll see how that goes. I really like this move. The rebuilding is going to be a whole lot easier in the East than it will be in the West, even with the amount of picks Oklahoma City's gotten it with SGA and all the nice young pieces they got there in Oklahoma City. But they'll be good to go. They got cap space coming up. They got nice young players on that roster. They may be coming out of this rebuild much sooner than you think, especially in the East, so... Yeah, we'll see where it goes. I'd like that move for Billy. I'd like that move for Chicago. Well done. Billy's a good coach. All right, now let's shift gears to some football. Let's talk some football, everybody. And let's start with college football. 
And yeah, we're getting some more college football games this week, everybody, because the SEC is coming back this week. I'm so excited for this. I'm so hyped up. You guys won't even believe how excited I am to see the SEC come back. Of course, I'm a little bit nervous this week to see how everything goes with regards to these teams and, you know, they're bringing a certain percentage of fans in the stadium, like 20, 25% capacity. So it'll be a good first week to kind of test this and see where this goes for the SEC during this upcoming week and this upcoming season. So I'm excited to see what that holds for us. But let's talk about week three before we talk about the games here in uh, week number four, if you want to call call it that, you know, <laughs> it, the weeks are really jumbled up for me. You know, of course, you got the Big Ten coming back. So a whole lot of, uh, you know, uncertainty is the best way to put it. All right, let's talk about some of the college football games that, we, that went on last week. I think we only picked, or I only picked, seven games. One of the games that was really, it shouldn't have been close at all, was Oklahoma State's first game, number 11 at the time, playing against Tulsa, only 16-7. to Props to Tulsa for keeping that game close somehow. Don't know how, but that, and good, good on them for keeping it that way with all the playmakers they had there. Spencer Sanders, he went out early, so you had a freshman quarterback come in there. Got Chuba Hubbard, Tylen Wallace on the offense side of the ball. Took a while for a lot of them to get going, but, you know, Hubbard did, Wallace did. So that was really a surprising game to see, even though that wasn't one of the games that we picked. Another surprising game was Louisiana Lafayette. The Raging Cajuns almost got upset by uh, a team I know all too well in Georgia State. Georgia State kept it close in overtime. Louisiana pulled away 34-31 to move on to 2-0 on the season. So they were 19th at the time, and they're moving on up. So let's take a look at some of the games that we did pick this week. Number 14, UCF at Georgia Tech. Now, when I turned this game on, it was like 35 to 21, and Georgia Tech was only down 14. It's like, okay, maybe Georgia Tech can get back into this. Like, you know, UCF pulled away 49 to 21. Dylan Gabriel, 417 yards, four touchdowns. So UCF wins that one, got that one right, put that, chalk that one up on the win column. Notre Dame and South Florida. I know Notre Dame has postponed their game this week, but they won their game this uh, last week, 52-0 over South Florida. So that's a win. Then we had Syracuse and Pitt. Pitt ends up winning that one, 21-10, moving to 2-0 on the season with the Orange moving to 0-2. Chalk that one up in the win column. Boston College and Duke. I went with Duke here, and Duke did not prevail. Duke went out. I have to pull up the score here, but Duke they get pulled. They get blown out, twenty-six to six, lose by twenty points to BC. So BC goes one and zero on the season. As Duke, they move on to zero and two. Number thirteen, Cincinnati against Austin P. Cincinnati ends up winning that one. So get that one up there as well for me. 
with Cincinnati moving on up in the rankings as well. And let's take a look at some of the other games. We had 17 Miami at 18 Louisville. This is a big Saturday night game. And I picked Louisville for this matchup. And props to Miami for coming up and showing out. But that Louisville defense, I saw people talking about it like, yikes. They let 75-yard uh, touchdown scores two times. Okay, that shouldn't happen. That's just bad defense. Uh, but props to Miami for coming in that coming into Louisville, winning that one 47 to 34. At one point it was a 20-point game, but Derek King, I know people in Miami are excited about him. 325 yards and three touchdowns. Brevin Jordan, he's gonna be a stud at the next level. Seven receptions, 120 yards, and a touchdown. But uh, I, I won't knock Louisville that much. I think I'm picking the another one of their games this week. So Miami, they're, they're moving on up in the rankings. I believe they're number 12 now in the rankings. So they win that one 47-34 and move on to a 2-0 start. And the final one, another upset, Appalachian State at Marshall. Of course, I'm going to go with Appalachian State. But Appalachian State end up falling 17-7, losing on the road to Marshall. Marshall, they went. They are going 2-0 right now, Appalachian State 1-1. And a lot of people talk about the great start that Wells, Marshall's quarterback, is going on in his first game, starting in first and starting in this second game. And they were—I I saw somebody talk about you know first game stats for guys like him, Chad Pennington, and Byron Leftwich. Fun fact: since this is a uh, since we all came from Semo, Byron Leftwich's first start did not know this came against Semo. So there's a little fun fact for you guys. I did not know that. So that was fun uh, finding that out, watching some of this game. I'm glad I had it on at the time. So that was college football, guys, this week. Where I'm at right now, I believe I am 11 and 18. So, yeah, I'm competing against myself, so it's not too bad. So moving on to week number four, and, of course, we got the SEC back. The Big 12 is coming into full swing. ACC is heading into play right now, so I'm excited about that. We got three of the conferences playing. Of course, we got the Big Ten playing here in about a month, so really excited to get all these conferences back playing. Let's take a look at week number four, as you would want to call it. Kansas State at number three, Oklahoma. Spencer Rattler has been really impressive. To watch 14, 17, 290 yards, four touchdowns early on. So give me Oklahoma here to move on to 2 0. They're 27 and a half point favorite. So they're a really big favorite for this week. So give me Oklahoma. The first SEC matchup of the season is 23 ranked Kentucky. Yeah, that's right. 23 ranked Kentucky, everybody. They're ranked playing at number eight, Auburn here. And the line is 10 and a half in favor. Of Auburn. I don't know what everybody's saying the love about Kentucky, but maybe people are saying the same thing about Tennessee. And uh, frankly, uh, I can kind of agree with you on that. But uh, I got I got Auburn here starting off the season strong. They're ranked number eight in the country for a reason. So give me the Auburn Tigers here to start out 1-0 and start off their SEC only season strong. 24 Louisville at 21 Pittsburgh. Give me Louisville here. To bounce back. Pitt's only a three-point favorite at home. Give me Louisville 
two bounce back, Malik Cunningham, Javian Hawkins, Tutu Atwell. Those guys will get going at Pitt. Give me give me the Cardinal to go on the road and upset the Pitt Panthers. Next SEC game that we have here, Mississippi State. Mike Leach, everybody. Everybody's favorite pirate. Uh, you got KJ Costell. Of course, he transferred in from Stanford. Starting in this one, going at number six, LSU. Of course, LSU, they don't bring back a lot of the same production as they had last year due to opt-outs or people transferring or people leaving for the NFL this the past season. So they're replacing a lot, including a quarterback, Miles Brendan, getting the start here. I'll take I'll take LSU here. We'll find out a whole lot about this LSU team over the course of the early part of this season. You're just going to be replacing some of that production. They're 16.5-point favorites, so give me the Tigers here. Coach O, he's going to start out strong, 1-0, and I can't do that Coach O voice. You know, Matt can only do it. He he can do it better than me. So that'll, I'll reserve that later on whenever he gets back on the pod and we pick a little LSU game. Number eight, Texas at Texas Tech. Give me the Longhorns here. They're an 18-point favorite. A lot of people like Texas this year to make some noise. So I'll, I'll stay on that bandwagon here for the minute and get and get them to 2-0. and Texas Tech is, is 1-0 at the moment as well. But I'll go with the Longhorns here, and they'll move on to 2-0. and Next game. I was kind of surprised to see that this was a battle of ranked teams. 22 Army at 14 Cincinnati. Again, I didn't expect this type of matchup, but Cincinnati is only is favored by 14 points. And so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see this game as far as what Army does against Cincinnati. But I really like what Luke Fickle has done there in Cincinnati. He's got a nice program up there in the AAC. So give me Cincinnati, give me the Bearcats to come away with the victory here, but I wouldn't be surprised if Army kept this game a lot closer and they kept on pounding that ball. So I'll go Cincinnati. West Virginia against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State survived again a scare last week. They're only an eight and a half point favorite, but I imagine their playmakers and that offense will have a much better game this week. So Give me the Cowboys to beat the Mountaineers this week. Next game we got on the slate. This is the Saturday night game. Florida State at number 12, Miami. Give me Miami here to keep on rolling, and they'll move on to 3-0. This, is a, this of course, is a big matchup. You know, Mike Norvell, he's not going to be coaching because he tested positive. So that's going to hurt really Florida State on the coaching side of things. So give me Miami. They're only 11-point favorite. So give me Miami to roll along here to 3-0 and 2-0 and in ACC play. Next one. Now, this is a big one. This is my thing. This is number 16, Tennessee. Yeah. I am I, having as much trouble believing it as some of you may be thinking. So they're ranked 16 in the country. They're playing at South Carolina this week. The history behind this game is that these games have been a lot closer than you would think, and the line indicates that having us as a or having Tennessee as a three and a half point favorite there. So I will agree with history, and I will agree with the line that this game will be close. I think we can somehow win it. I like our offensive line. 
regardless if Cade Mays gets cleared. The word out of camp has been our defensive line has struggled. I'm hoping that's because due to our offensive line really being good and improving. And it sounds like we're going to have our backs in Eric Gray and Ty Chandler really run the ball this year. And Jim Cheney saying one of them's going to be on the field at every chance they get. So I'm excited to see what that that type of offense brings. And we'll see what happens to Garantano. We'll see how short his leash is, if it is short or if it's not short at all, if they'll go to Shrout, Maurer, or whoever. Give me Tennessee in a close contest, though. I'll, I like that line. I like that three-and-a-half-point line. So I'll I'll take Tennessee in a close one. And you guys know how I'll be feeling if this, if this falls out of our hands. All I'll say is it's not Georgia State. It's not that. <laughs> Final game, Troy at number 18, BYU. And give me the Cougars here. Give me BYU to come out on top here. They're 14-point favorite at home. So give me BYU to come on, on top against the Troy Trojans. All right, let's shift gears to some more football. Let's talk some NFL this week. And boy, do we got a lot to talk about in week number two. So let's start off with the let's start off with the main thing to talk about is the injuries. Is it seem like everybody was dropping like flies. That's 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 a short way to put it. Everybody was dropping like flies. Saquon Bar- Barkley, I hope that man gets good to go because he's talented. Torn ACL. Hopefully he comes back stronger than ever next season. McCaffrey, he's out for at least a month with ankle injury. I think uh, Schefter said that there are seven torn ACLs this week. And that's just, you know, you can chalk that up a lot to not having as much conditioning and practice time as you would have in a regular training camp, most likely. So, but it's still gruesome to see, you know, seven ACL injuries. The 49ers had four injuries alone at MetLife. And you, you see talk that they're worried about playing at MetLife again because they got the Giants this week and they're worried about the turf. But you have four injuries. Garoppolo, he's going to miss a little bit of time. Mostert, I hate that because he's on my fantasy team. He's going to miss some time. But the biggest balls are Solomon Thomas and Nick Bosa, both, both having torn ACLs. So they're both done for the year. Drew Locke in Denver, he's out three to five weeks with a, with a rotator cuff injury. So you want to watch out for that. Cortland Sutton, I hate that too. He's on my fantasy team, torn ACL. He's done for the rest of the season. Anthony Barr, he, he's done for a little bit. I'm trying to think of some other injuries that, that uh that were happening. There there's just so many that were that were going on. It's hard to uh, the Colts had a couple injuries. Uh Paris Campbell, he's out definitely Malik Hooker towards Achilles. He's done for the season. But uh again, it's just a, a slew of injuries back and forth. And again, you can chalk that up to you know not having a full offseason of conditioning for some of these guys. So I hope some of those guys, I hope those guys get back to uh, full strength, uh, whether it's this year or they come back next year, uh, especially some of those talented young guys like Barkley, like McCaffrey, because they are fun to watch. And they were two of the top fantasy picks for a reason, at least in my Yahoo PPR league. So rest up, guys. Come come back stronger and better than ever. I know Saquon is playing on that. He, he Delete everything off since Graham. Put a picture of Kobo with that mama mentality on there, so. 
hope for all the best for these guys. Hopefully they can get back to the field stronger than ever. So let's take a look at some of the games that did go on in week number two. And let's start off with the Thursday night one with the Browns and the Bengals at Cleveland. And I went with the Bengals here. They had they had some chances there, but you know Joe Burrow he looks to play the part there. But Cleveland they end up getting a much needed victory after being bounced pretty badly by the Ravens in Week One. So nice bounce back win for them coming home. You know taking taking a thirty five to thirty win, but Joe Burrow throwing the ball sixty one times. Woo! Uh, the main thing for Joe Burrow, they just, they just got to protect him. They cannot let this offensive line, uh, not being able to press protect, ruin him. Th- they need to do something about that. So, that's the Thursday night game for you guys. And, of course, I went with the Bengals on that one. The Browns end up winning that game. Vikings at Colts. The Colts end up winning that one, 28-11. Kirk Cousins throwing three picks. Not a good look for the 0-2 Vikings. So the Vikings go down 0-2. The Colts get a much-needed win going to 1-1 on the season. So got that one right. Jaguars at the Titans. This was was a whole lot closer than it should have been. I got I to give a shout-out to my guy, Kenny Vaccaro. He made a couple big pass deflections out there, a couple big plays out there to help prevent some stuff happening for the Jaguars. But Gardner Minshew, Minshew Mania is keeping on rolling, even though they're one-on-one. Uh, he had an awesome game. James Robinson from Illinois State. Awesome game. Jonu Smith, great game. Corey Davis, Ryan Tannehill. Where's that regression everybody was talking about? I know it's only two games, but where's that regression everybody was talking about? I haven't seen any of it. Uh, Derrick Henry, not a good day again. I think one thing to watch for is Henry is a threat out of the backfield. Teams are stacking the box. They are playing to stop the run, and that's opening up a whole lot of things on the back end for Tannehill to give it to guys like Janu Humphreys. I really like that Humphreys connection that Tannehill has now, especially on third downs. Berkshire, Corey Davis, or somebody like Cleef Raymond or Batson. Somebody like that. I really like all these connections that he has. And, you know, Tannehill, he's looking like there's been no sense of regression. So we'll see where week three leads us to that. But the Titans, they move on to 2-0. Goskowski, it's another game-winning field goal. He had a 51-yarder and 49-yarder despite missing an extra point. But that 49-yarder was the de facto game winner, 33-30. to So moving on to the next game, the Redskins at the Cardinals, a battle 1-0 teams. The Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray is looking like a legit early MVP type of candidate with where he has this offense at right now. So the Cardinals, 32-15, beating Washington. Cardinals, they move on to 2-0 on the season. So good stuff there. The NFC West is looking like it's going to be a tough division. It's going to be stout, especially if you got the Seahawks playing with the way they are playing right now. And the Rams... They're they're two and zero as well, so be on the lookout for those teams as they move along in the season. So let's move on to the next game that we have up on the slate: the Broncos at Steelers. 
I, I gave a shout out to my boy Joey. It was his birthday, and he was a little bit worried that I think he was probably a little bit worried that I kind of jinxed him. Like I hope they got a win on his birthday. He's like, why? Or it might have been that, or I've been just saying. I don't often root for a Steelers win, so that might have been was like, why you got to do my Steelers like that? But either way, the Steelers, they get the win. They're at home, 26-21. Big Ben, 311 yards, two TDs. James Conner having a nice game, 106 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Deontay Johnson, great a good game, eight receptions, 92 yards, and a touchdown. The Broncos, they go down to 0-2, and they're looking at starting the next few games. Dodger Lock and Jeff Driscoll behind center. So we'll see how that goes for Denver. The Panthers at the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers, they bounce back. They get this win. Much needed win in Tom's home opener at Tampa. 31-17 for Nett. Had a nice day at the office. Nice bounce back. 12 carries, 103 yards, and two touchdowns on the ground. So the Buccaneers, they move on to 1-1 one and one on the season. The Chiefs and the Chargers. Now, this game was interesting in a whole lot of ways, especially with what's just being reported by Adam Schefter about what happened with Tyrod. Of course, if you know the story, Tyrod was a late scratch in this game. Justin Herbert found out about, you know, a few seconds before kickoff, like, hey, rookie, you're starting in week two. And so no, with no idea at all. So that was just, you know, really fun. See that go down, but what happened with Tyrod Schefter reported that the Chargers team doctor accidentally punctured his punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung just before kickoff Sunday while trying to administer a painkilling injection to Tyrod's cracked ribs, and that's what led to Justin Herbert starting. And Justin Herbert had a nice showing. He had a couple rookie moments. There's a really bad pick that uh, he threw that he could have avoided. But not a bad debut from Justin Herbert. 22-33, 311 yards, a touchdown passing, a touchdown on the ground as well. The Chiefs, though, if you're anything, Lynn, how are you going to give the ball to the Chiefs like that late? How are you going to do that? You know who the other quarterback is, right? So I'm just making sure. But Harrison Bucker knocking in two 58-yard field goals in here, including the game winner in overtime to pull the Chiefs 2-0 on the season, winning 23-20. So we'll see where Tyrod's going. Uh, you know, it's looking like Tyrod might not be playing in, indefinitely right now, so it looks like the Chargers might be rolling with Herbert. So Herbert's going to probably get a little bit more playing time early on than he thought and than any of us, any of us thought. So... Chargers move on to one one, but I'd say exciting debut from Herbert. He had a decent game. And a couple rookie mistakes, but again, what you expect those from rookies. Then we had the Ravens at the Texans. Ravens winning this one 33-216. Just dominate the Texans again. The Texans, they go down to 0-2. That really hurts for them. The Titans are now 0 or now 2-0. Jags and Colts are one one and Texans are at the bottom of the division, so they're going to have to find a way to bounce back starting in week number three. And then let's talk about the Sunday night game. This was a really great game. Of course, the Patriots and Seahawks get together. It's almost a given fact that it's going to be a really fun game, that there's going to be some drama. There certainly was, especially between Metcalf and Stephon Gilmore. 
have yourself a game Metcalf. This guy is incredibly big and incredibly strong, and this is going to be fun to watch for Seattle and Russ. I really like this new way that Pete Carroll's going with letting Russ cook. They aren't abandoning the run completely, but they're letting Russ cook a little bit more than letting him throw, drop back, and pass. He's got nice weapons now. Drisley, Lockett, Metcalf. David Moore had an awesome touchdown catch on Sunday night. It shouldn't have, it shouldn't have been caught. I don't know how he caught it, but he, he did. Caught it for a touchdown. And the Seahawks win 35-30. to 30. A nice game from Cam Newton. 30-44, 397. One touchdown throwing. A couple touchdowns on the ground. And let me tell you what. Cam Newton on the goal line. Props to the Seahawks for blowing that up. After stopping a play on the one-yard line. Wink, wink, if you guys get that reference. But uh, all the way back to that Super Bowl. But Cam Newton is just a terror at the goal line. And, you know, that's worth signing Cam Newton if you're Bill Belichick. Signing him to the contract that they did. If you can get him down to the red zone, you can do so many different things with him. And, you know... They and they did it on Sunday, and then the last play of the game, really, the Seahawks stopped them on that goal line stand. And, you know, Cam's going to be dangerous for the Patriots. Don't count the Patriots. I think we've all learned our lesson with that. I I had them – I changed my pick from the Chargers to the Patriots to making the playoffs, and right now that's looking pretty solid right there. So the Patriots, they move on to one-on-one Seahawks. 2-0, and oh, and let this start the Russell Wilson MVP conversation, please. Let's get that thing going because he is looking awesome through these first two games, and hopefully he continues that play up in the weeks to come, and hopefully he gets at least an MVP vote, please. <laughs> then the Monday night game, the inaugural game at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. It was so weird to see it there, but the Raiders and the Saints and what better way to open up your new stadium than by getting a victory? The Raiders winning. I went I went with a chance there. 34-2-24. And the Raiders, they move on to 2-0. and Great game from Derek Carr. Great game from Darren Waller, too. 103 yards through the air and one touchdown from him. And the Saints, no Michael Thomas. You really saw a lot of these top wide receivers not played really kind of hurt some of these quarterbacks this week but you know Raiders move on to 2-0 and on the season they got to play at New England next week and so we'll be picking that game here momentarily a couple of the, of the other games to talk about the Bears they're now 2-0 and how about that <laughs> Trubisky comes back again he throws two touchdowns in the game Bears they move on to 17 uh, they win 17-13 over the Giants. They move on to two and zero. Of course, the Falcons. What's up, guys? Haven't seen haven't seen you guys chuck away a game like that in a long time. Uh, my goodness. <laughs> home game for the Cowboys and what a way to start off your home opener, winning in a thriller, forty to thirty nine. Of course, everybody's talking about the onside kick and the Falcons just you no know, not moving at all. You know that that's a problem. Maybe you should move, but the Cowboys, they move on to one-on-one. Dak Prescott, great game, 34-47, 4.50 through the air with a touchdown. Awesome game from him. So the Cowboys win in a stunning thriller, 
to 39. Some of the other games that were going on this week, of course, the Eagles and Rams. Rams move on to 2-0. Jeff and Jerry Goff is looking really good. Three, he had three touchdowns in the game. Eagles, they move on to 0-2. They got to figure something out there. You know, I think a lot of people, including me, were expecting them to be the second team in the NFC East. And right now they're not looking like, of course, you can chalk a lot of that up to offensive line injuries for them. They have a lot of people out, out on the offensive line. But uh, at the end of the day, if you're Carson Wentz, you still got to play ball. And so far, the Eagles, they're looking down the hole right now, 0-2. It's, once you go down 0-2, it's really hard to kind of come back from that and try to make the playoffs. There, there can be ways, but they're extremely difficult. Wouldn't recommend them. So that was week number two, everybody. An exciting week two. It, it, and a hard week two as well with all these injuries. But taking a look at the predictions, Matt only got one wrong. That was the Monday night game. Uh, he moves on to 17 out of 20 this year. He Right now, he's on top by one game ahead of me. I went 16 to 20. I went with the Bengals in that Thursday night game. And then I went with the Vikings at Indy. So I lost those two. I go Eight and two this week. I move on to sixteen and twenty throughout the season. And so let's talk about some of these games going on in week number three. So week number three, this is going to be an exciting week. We have, uh, I think, really two good primetime games on Monday night and Sunday night as well with the Packers and Saints and the Ravens and Chiefs. I saw it was pointed out, you know, it, you know, Denver and the Lakers play. I think it was those two that they play a game six, possibly, and that game would fall on Monday night. Do you maybe move that to where you have a double header with that game and the and a Miami Boston game if it happens? You, I don't think you can put that. I don't think you match that up with a Ravens Chiefs Monday night game. I don't think you do it, or uh, it, maybe you can have the game in the middle of the afternoon. But I would think maybe if that does happen, you maybe move it to if move it with uh, Boston and Miami, if that game, if that series goes on long as well, which I think it will, but we'll see. So week number three, let's start out with the Thursday night game, though. Tomorrow night's game, a battle of Florida teams, the Jaguars and the Dolphins, of course, Jaguars, Losing by only three points last week, Minshew had an awesome game. But you know what? Give me the give me the Dolphins to bounce back somehow. You saw the Dolphins competed towards the end of that season last year. Brian Flores, really nice coach. So give me the Dolphins to come here and get the victory. The Jags are only a three point favorite at home this week. So give me the Dolphins to come here to Jacksonville. Come there to Jacksonville and get the victory to move on to one and two on the season. All right, let's start with the sun the games going on on Sunday. We got Washington at Cleveland. Now, I, I messed around with this and see if you know was I going to take a chance on Washington or would I go Cleveland? Cleveland is a seven point favorite at home. They got to watch out for Washington's defensive line. Of course, he got a lot of. Draft capital spent on that defensive line, and the Browns spent a lot of a lot of capital and a lot of money on free on that free agency, getting Conkling and getting Wills from Alabama to solidify the tackle spots for him. So they're going to have their work cut out for him. But give me the Browns here 
to win this one and have the Browns move to two and one on the season after a horrendous first game of the season with the Ravens. Titans at Vikings, both team, both team, Titans two and zero, oh, Vikings zero oh and two. This is a must win for the Vikings. I don't. I will go with the Titans here, moving on to three and zero. Oh. Anthony Barr out there is really going to hurt not having him out there, especially guarding a guy like Jonu Smith. So be on the lookout for that matchup. I I really think that connection that they were talking about between Jonu Smith and Ryan Tanhill in training camp is true, and you're seeing that come to fruition in the first two games. I think it'll happen here again in week number three. So give me the Titans to win this game on the road. They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite. All I ask is please don't let this come down to Goskowski hitting another game-winning field goal. We don't need that. Let's get this game. <laughs> well, Titans don't need that. We, we know, I, and Titans fans do not need that this week. Let's just get this game, do our, do our thing, get an easy win, and let's, let's just go back home. <laughs> we, uh, me, we got a day with the Steelers next, next week, so let's just get ready for that. Let's handle our business, beat Minnesota. Let's just do that. I don't want a close one at all. Not at all. The Rams at Bills, both teams 2-0. and Josh Allen, boy, if you want to talk about fantasy for a second, my guy Josh Allen went off. Almost having 50 points. Messed up a couple of Dolphins players there, if you know what I mean. He went beast mode on a couple of them. And the Lions only in favor of Buffalo, two-point uh, two favorite. I know that Diggs went down in the game last week. So you know what? Give me the Rams to move on to 3-0 and this week, getting a really big road victory for them, 3-0, and you know making things in the NFC West a whole lot more interesting. You know, We might have three teams come out there for the playoffs, looking like it. Next, we have the 2-0 Raiders at... The Patriots one and one. Give me the Patriots here to bounce back at home. Get get this game. Move on to two and one. The lines in favor of New England sitting by six points. Cam is looking awesome these first couple games. Edelman's looking like a good partner for him as well, especially that game at Seattle. So give me the Patriots here to get the home victory at Foxborough. Next game, the Texans 0-2 against the Steelers, who are 2-0. Give me the Steelers here to move on to 2-0. It just doesn't get any easier for the Texans. You start out with going on the road at the Chiefs in week one for the season opener. Then you got home date with the, the Ravens. And then you got to go on the road at Pittsburgh. I don't know. I'm, the Pittsburgh line is 3.5. I like the Steelers by a little bit more than that. So I will go ahead. And take the Steelers from that. Big Ben, he hasn't looked too bad. He, he He's done five touchdowns, 540 yards so far. So give me the Steelers here to win this one at Hines Field. And move on to 3-0 with, the, again, date with the Titans week number four. I, that's that's going to be a really fun game to watch. Next we have the 0-2 Panthers at the 1-1 Chargers. You know what? I talked about how much Justin Herbert had a really good First game, even though he didn't get the victory against the Chiefs, really played really well under those circumstances. 
And so under the right circumstances of maybe him getting to play with Tyrod, maybe being out indefinitely, give me the Chargers and give me Justin Herbert to get his first victory over the Carolina Panthers as the Chargers move on to two and one. I'll have to take a look at what this line is. In favor of the Chargers by six and a half. So yeah, give me the Chargers here. Next game, we got the Cowboys at Seahawks. This is gonna be this is gonna be a fun one, guys. Cowboys again that incredible comeback. They're one on one. Seahawks two and zero. Oh. We'll have to see if that Russ cooking, uh, if that is a thing that's going to stay, or if you know they're going to go back to the run game in Seattle. Seahawks they're a four and a half point favorite. I'm really excited to see how this game unfolds. I'm going to go with Seattle here, but I do think it's going to be an exciting close matchup between Seattle and Dallas. So give me the Seahawks here to move on to 3-0. Then we have the Sunday night game between the 2-0 Packers at the 1-1 Saints. Don't know if Michael Thomas is going to be back for this one, but even though there's no fans, or I don't know if there's going to be any fans there at the Saints at this Saints game, but either way, you know, not having any fans there at the Superdome is a factor, but... It's still the Saints. It's still at home. So I will go and take the Saints at home. And I think it's going to be a close contest. And then the grand finale to week number three, the Chiefs at the Ravens, a potential AFC championship preview. At least Matt's hoping. Rebecca's hoping. One of them is going to be heartbroken. I don't hope for that. But, you know, either way, if that does happen, somebody's going to lose. But, in this regular season matchup, I'm going to go with Matt's Ravens here and move on to 3-0. and I've been slightly more impressed with what the Ravens have done in their first two games than the Chiefs, although the Chiefs had a really impressive first game. The Chiefs, you know, the Chargers, I don't know what the deal. Maybe they got them. the Chiefs figured out a little bit with what they like to do, Gus Bradley, Anthony Lynn down there in L.A. Maybe, maybe that's the case, you know, but... I've been more impressed with the Ravens. Lamar's looking a whole lot better this year. You know, the defense, you got the running game, Dobbins and all those guys. So give me the Ravens here to move on to 3-0. Matt's going to be a happy camper this week, I think. So, guys, that is week number three in the NFL. Really exciting slate of games. I can't wait to watch all these games with y'all on the wait to see what happens with my fancy team as I got a big victory this week and I'm expecting an implosion this week somehow. That's usually the way how it goes for me. So, either way, it'll be an exciting week to watch how everything goes down. So, that'll do it for us here, everybody. Thank you guys for listening. Exciting to have football really in the swing of things here. With the SEC coming back this week, we're going to have three of the major conferences playing games this week. We got a good, nice slate of NFL games this week. We got some awesome NBA playoff basketball. Stanley Cup. We got the MLB postseason starting up shortly. It's an exciting time to have sports back as we're really getting into the thick of things here. So I can't wait to watch with you guys. And, you know, I hope you'll have fun watching as will I. So that'll do it for us here, everybody. Thank you guys for listening again. Go check us out on all podcasting platforms, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Anchor. Thanks to Anchor for sponsoring this episode as they always do. So that'll do it for us here this week, guys. And until next time, talk to you then.